to the latest episode of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I'm joined by one solitary being this week, but thank goodness that solitary being is Miles Thompson. Hello again. Sorry, Hello, it's just me. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's always a treat when our when our uh, our paths cross. Yeah, it is, and we're like like I said, we're carrying the torch again. It's nice to uh, be the duo once again. And um, well, yeah, it's really nice. How how have you been? Yeah, not too bad. It's, I felt really busy this week, and I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. I've just come back from London during the train strikes, which was an awful idea to go to <laughs> London during the train strikes. Um, but we did see Lady Gaga in London, which was, to be honest, pretty fucking cool. So yeah. can't really complain too, too much. It was worth the hassle to get there and get back. We had to the train that we went on to go down there cancelled at Reading. So the last stop between Reading and London Paddington, they were like, no, we're just not doing it now after it was already 50 minutes late to start mm. with. So that was a pain. And then on the way back, the tra- we got up early on the Sunday and thought, you know what, we'll get out of there really early. So then if anything goes wrong, at least we've got the day to sort it. Yeah. And the one train we booked at 11 o'clock in the morning, cancelled. Oh. Sat in Paddington five minutes before, cancelled. So then had to get a train to Bristol to get another train, which was so full, had to sit on like the aisle bit in between the carriages <laughs> on the floor. Uh, <laughs> to then finally get back to Taunton. Um, so, yeah, all in all, we were like two hours delayed on the way back as well. But you know what? It was Lady Gaga. It was worth it, you know? That is going out in a blaze of glory. It really is. Yeah. So, kind of went all in for it. So, that's probably why I'm quite tired today. But there we are. <laughs> what about you, mate? How are you? I'm, uh, I'm gutted cat isn't here. I was like, I was so set up to be like, it's Lady Gaga. And I was like, I was so excited for it. Oh, missed opportunity. So excited. I was going to sing. It was going to be beautiful. Never mind. Save it for next one. Save it for next one. It can be a nice um, surprise. Indeed. Um, Kat's not feeling well, so she's not joining us. Um, this week. I hope you haven't got this thing as well. You haven't caught it on your travels. So far, no. I've just been kind of looking after her a little bit today, and she sends her love to everybody on the pod. She wishes she could be on, but yeah, she's not oh. feeling too good today. So she just sends her love to everybody, including yourself, Roscoe. Oh, oh, so nice. <laughs> That's so lovely. Um, so yeah, there won't be a quiz on this particular episode, uh, because it'll just be either me or Miles shouting questions at each other. <laughs> and it'd be weird. Um, I, I suppose we could do part. we could do a two-person quiz one day, maybe. I reckon it'd be quite a laugh, you know, because I reckon we would try and sabotage each other quite a lot, which could be quite funny. Just write a quiz for each other and uh Let's see how it goes. I can fully expect you would write 10 questions about Sonic and just watch me like suffer more and more with each one. (laughs) (laughs) Now there's an idea. (laughs) Don't even get me started. Um, But yeah, how are you, mate? Yeah, man, I'm all right. It's been a long week um, at the old work. I was going to say, you've been very busy working. Yeah, I've been rushing around. I've got a day off tomorrow, a holy grail of a day off tomorrow, and then back here Wednesday, (laughs) Thursday, Friday. Oh, Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty intense. But after that, I've got I've got a whole ten days off, and I'm very excited about that. Oh, I think of all the games you'll get to play. All the games, all the games that don't come out until the end of the month. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's a drought. Although saying that, Two Point Campus is on the ninth, so that is exciting. Oh yeah, that is really soon, and that's gonna be good. I reckon it'll be a very very top ending game. Yeah. And PC Game Pass, it's just going to be sitting right there waiting for me, so I can't wait. Yeah, it's not like we're lacking for any games to play, is it, really? No, nah, no, nah, nah, we cannot complain <laughs> about that particular thing. 
No. <laughs> right now. Oh, yeah, the summer drought. What summer drought? It just doesn't exist. Yeah, my backlog doesn't care for droughts. It'll plow through all of them. Indeed. Um, so, I guess we're going to go straight to game of the week. So, who should I ask first? Hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I'll go for that. I'll go for that sexy tool motherfucker over there. Miles Thompson, oh, what is your nice game of the week? Intro. I like that. Thank you. Um, I actually have two this week. Uh, I've kind of spent. You're my not time... allowed to. I know, but we got no one else, so I felt like I could. Yeah, okay. yeah go for it. <laughs> um, so on my downtime, I actually jumped into Mortal Shell, and I don't really know why. I was scrolling through my library. You know, you have that thing where like you have like ten games installed on your console, and you don't want to play any of them, even yes. though you do. And I was like, screw it, I'll just go through my library. I deleted something off my hard drive and I installed Mortal Shell on a whim. Just felt like a bit of a Souls, like, you know. And it's actually pretty good. It's fine. It's not amazing. And it makes you appreciate the actual Souls games a lot more for how, like, precise they are, how well-tuned they are, how well-balanced they are, and all that kind of stuff. But having said that, I think it's the developer's first game, Josh was telling me. And it's pretty good. Like, it's pretty tough, but not nearly as tough as other kind of souls likes uh it's got a quite dark kind of gritty and quite like looming kind of style to it um like the noises enemies make is all quite kind of creepy and unnerving and it's got like quite a strong thick atmosphere to it which i think might actually put some people off but i kind of digged it um it's quite short it only took me about five six hours to finish um my first time around i'm going for the platinum now and yeah like the enemy variety is okay it gets a little bit repetitive some of the levels i think are actually a little bit too long which is weird given how short the game actually is um but like the idea of having four different shells with different stats that you can then mix in and out of is quite cool um and yeah it's just got some interesting ideas um so i just wanted to give a shout out to that one and then the other one i've been playing for review is postal brain damaged and this is a weird one this is such a weird one to kind of form an opinion about uh, have you played postal at all oh way back in the day did you like yeah. it back in the day no no it's a it's a very bad series of games in my particular opinion yeah i mean i was playing this and i was like i obviously know about the original portals i haven't played them myself portals postals um god i was gonna say wait did you <laughs> portal because that's a very yeah. different thing portal is a whole different story of quality of game um <laughs> But no, yeah, so I'd, I'd watched like videos on them. There was a video I watched about like the meta thing of how Postal's actually like a meta view of how people play games and society and all sorts of stuff. I was like, that's kind of interesting. Maybe that was an intent. You know, it's kind of a stupid, bad game, but has like a, an idea behind it. This one's kind of just a ripoff of like Doom and Wolfenstein with a Postal skin. It feels really strange to play. Like there's a double-barreled shotgun with a hook, so it's Doom. And then... There's like enemies, like the floating giant head with one eye that spits things at you. And I was like, Doom again. Some of the satire and the humor is just really shit. Like the, the first level you play on is like a suburban America bit. And there's like old people with a walking stick and they fire shotguns at you and just quote like Vietnam or uh, like leftist or something like that. Liberal, something, whatever. And then there's like really giant people who like float around and throw burgers at you. And I'm like, this is aren't we past this didn't we do this years ago it's just not really that funny anymore um and then there's like a level as well where it's like set in the desert it's mexican themed you've got like these demon things that are like gunslingers but they've got like sombreros on and everything's got like por favor written on the boards i'm like it's... i was having this discussion with josh of like 
it's not quite racist, but it's just based on really old, boring stereotypes now. Like, there's not really much interest in it. Yeah. And it, it just gets, like, the levels go on for ages. And then it gives you, like, a timestamp of, like, you can speed run it. But I was like, I don't want to play any of the levels again. And I finished it today. Like, the three, I'm just going to spoil it because I don't think anyone's really going to play this. Um, the three main bosses are a giant Karen like an actual female Karen that walks around and hits you with a handbag, which is kind of funny at first. Uh, the second boss is coronavirus, which is a giant like germ ball thing with eyes that you have to shoot. Um, and it's called Big Bad Rona or something like that. And then the third boss is you. You just kind of fight yourself and because wow. you're chasing yourself throughout the levels. Meta. Honestly, like it's so stupid. And I was like, the whole point of postal was the idea of going postal. So you could like live the days out normally, or as everyone would do, you just go nuts and kill everybody to do your objective. But in this one, you're just playing inside postal guy's mind. So it's like, oh, it's random. We could throw whatever you want at you. And it's like, yeah, that's cool, but it's still not that fun. Um and yeah, it's just sort of like just a series of levels which feel like they're a doom light. You know, it's got the same combat, the same kind of mechanics, the same running speed, but it's not Doom, so it's nowhere near as good. Um, yeah, it's it wasn't as bad as I expected. It's still kind of off the wall, nuts, and the humor's kind of just not that funny anymore. But, I mean, if you're into these kind of games, I guess it'll give you what you want. And I think from the developer's point of view, they wanted to, I think it's a new developer, so they wanted to try to have that postal feel to it while doing something new. So I can kind of kudos for trying to do something, but... Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't really enjoy that much of my time with it. I'm not going to lie. And that's it. That's all I got on it. I'm shocked. I know. Well, not that shocked. What is that whistling in the background? Is that you? Whistling? Oh, it might be my chair. Sorry, I will stop that. <laughs> oh, okay. I just want to, like, is there a bird nearby? I, <laughs> I think it was on, was it last pod or two pods ago? There were seagulls outside my window. And I was like, can you guys hear that? And Greg was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Just be aware throughout the uh, episode that, yeah, Miles the chair is going to squeak. Apologies. I will stop doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, mate? What were your What was your game of the week? My game of the week was um, England v Germany at the Euro twenty two. What a game! Final. Um, it came home, Miles. It came home. It finally, after years, it came home. What an absolutely extraordinary match! Did you watch it? I watched the second half and all of extra time. I didn't catch the first half, unfortunately. Um, But that second half, though, oof. Yeah. I mean, what just just an extraordinary performance. It was. Um, It really was. You know, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, the the men would have beaten them like 10-0. I was like, that's not the point, bro. You got to see what these guys did. And the men lost their final, so, you know. They very much did. (laughs) And they didn't just lose it, they bottled it as well. Completely. Like, they absolutely tanked themselves. And these guys, you know, the ladies were, like, full of confidence, just full of pride all the way through. It was just fucking awesome. It was um, an excellent game. The goal, the, win- in before we go. <laughs> the, the winning goal wasn't that great, though. It was kind of a shame that it was won on such, like, a the defensively poor goal, but we'll take a win however we get it. This is what I'm saying. I mean, like, the goal, the, the second goal was was, you know, euphoric and it was amazing (laughs) but it was the shittest goal you may have ever seen yeah it was like it's one of those where you watch it and you think like as a footballer you're like oh damn that must suck that like you've screwed up that bad in the final but it happens to everyone you know especially on the occasion and the pressure and the stress and everything else Mm -hmm. and uh it was great for us if you're that player 
do you care? No, you, care you, you, you gobble up that chance, you put it away, and you reel off and celebrate just as Chloe Kelly did. Yeah. And they just they just stayed in the corner. That last ten minutes was, was just amazing. Yeah, was that like, was impressive. <laughs> that was just absolutely fantastic. They, England, like the men's team, have never done that. They was like, oh, we'll just keep playing. That'll be fun. Like, no, no. <laughs> See the game out. Uh, anyway, I wanted to make sure we mentioned that game because it was uh, extraordinary. Absolutely and, uh, great shout. I um I remember reading a uh, a quote that the last time England won a tournament in football, women weren't allowed to play football. So the sheer fact that it was the women that won it is just a beautiful thing. Fair play. That's pretty wicked. I love that thing. I love the fact that that happened. It's, it's just brilliant. Anyway, um, my game of the week. What have I been playing this week? I have been playing a shit ton of Animal Crossing, Mars, I'm afraid. Uh, that's just pretty much what I've been playing. Um, nice and I, chill. I've been playing a hell of a lot of a game that I can't talk about. Um, that's really unfortunate because I want to get it off my chest because it's so much fun. Um, but I can't talk about that one yet. That'll be in, oh god, not even the next part. In the part after that, um, I'll be able to talk about it. But um, yeah, um, Animal Crossing the Switch is just, oh, what a dream this this console is. Um, it's just revitalized my love for everything Nintendo because there's something so innocent and something so joyous about owning a Nintendo console, and you know, I look my 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 entire library. I had like 112 games that I just didn't play for months and months and months and months and months because you know no access to a Switch. But now now it's back and playing through Super Mario Brothers Deluxe and playing through Super Mario Maker 2 and all these really cool things that are just make make you remember why Nintendo are just so great at what they do. And yeah, it's a a pure joy and it's a wonderful indie system. I mean, I looked at my indie list that I had on. Um, on the Switch, and it's just glorious. It's just all the best ones are on there. All the shittest ones are too, but all the best ones are on there. That's the most important thing. And it becomes a companion um, of just wonderful video games that you can play whenever you want to. And I know, you know, five years on, we all know what the Switch is, but it's a, it was just a nice reminder to have it back and be like, yeah, this thing is an absolute beast and long may it rain. Oh, I'm glad it's come back into your life again. Thank you, man. Because I you missed you missed it really, didn't you? When you didn't have it, I did, I did. And sometimes you just need a bit of Nintendo goodness to you know soothe the soul. Wholesome content—that's what yeah. Nintendo is. Exactly that. Sometimes you need a little a little raccoon to be like, "Hey, we can build you a house." <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> yeah, come back tomorrow. Yeah, I've been playing Ocarina as well, the N sixty four stuff on the on online. The best. And I've been playing the new Mario Kart tracks, and oh, it's just it's just joyous, man. It's just joyous. Just sounds like a lovely time, like just yeah. a really nice experience. <laughs> it's just it's just been lovely. I don't know what else to say. It's been <laughs> yeah. lovely. Um, if you could rather... sum up Nintendo in one word, lovely. Yeah, it's just lovely. Lovely times. Lovely times. Um, yeah, especially after my my two weeks of Demon Souls, it was nice to play Mario Kart <laughs> again. <laughs> what a change that must have been going from the hell of Demon Souls into Nintendo. That's, I swear, yes. I swear, it's like the other Demon Souls. Like you know what? I fucking need. I need Animal Crossing again. <laughs> this is just this is a nightmare. That's what really brought you back to Nintendo was playing Demon Souls. You know what? Looking at the timing, I really think it did actually. To be fair, <laughs> there you go, people. If you have any more motivation to play Nintendo, play Demon Souls. You'll have it. Yeah, and you remember why you love that video game where you can just catch butterflies and sell them to raccoons <laughs> and That's not get killed every two seconds. Exactly that. Uh, right then, let's get into the news. There's no quiz, so um, hey Miles, let's talk about Google Stadia. 
Oh, yay. Google Stadia. We like yay. that, don't we? Love we? Google, love, we love Google Stadia it's here at Finger Guns. It's the greatest. And there's been rumors abound this week that Google is getting ready to end their streaming service Stadia by the end of summer. Um, this has been bombing around. Google themselves have come out and said, no, that's not happening. That's ridiculous. But you kind of think that maybe it's on the way. Um, I don't know how much experience you have with uh, Stadia Miles, but um, where are you on this uh, on this news and the cloud streaming gaming in general? Yeah, it's it's a weird one because I haven't played Stadia myself. I know Toby dipped into it to play Life is Strange when he got the free uh, trial subscription. I know Paul is a massive fan of it, isn't he? You know, he's like the biggest Stadia you know cheerleader. I guess there is at the moment. I think the idea of it was amazing. You know, the idea of being able to stream from anywhere on any device, you know, loads of these top title games that you wouldn't have to own the hardware. It should have been a really easy entry point for casual people who wanted to play the AAA games kind of at their own pace and in their own way without needing to, you know, enter the ecosystems and have subscriptions and all that kind of stuff. And alas, they they botched it mainly because they make you pay for it up front and then you have to subscribe to it. And then you had to buy the games as well after you were already subscribed to the platform. And that for me was where it died because all of the games on Stadia should have been included within the subscription price so that you only paid one fee. It gave you access to its cloud and you could play any game on it. And that would have made it a service that was really competitive as it is. The fact that you had to buy the games again and there was this understandable, I guess, concern or skepticism from the community of well google shut down everything that they start that doesn't work within a year so i'm not gonna pay a subscription to buy games that i could own on other consoles already and then have them just shut down the service and me lose access to those games because realistically if you own a game on the cloud you don't actually own the game you own the game for as long as the service exists or is willing to give you the game Um, so you're effectively renting it for full price which is ridiculous isn't it um so i think it was kind of dead on arrival pretty much from that point onwards because the pricing was wrong and the planning was wrong i think the technology is incredible i watched some of the the stadia stuff and how it would work and all the rest and while they had some initial problems with lag and whatever generally people's experiences were very very positive of it um but yeah i just i'm not surprised i feel like they didn't have any real first party games i think orcs must die three was the only proper one that came out initially um they had a couple studios that were building games for it and then they just shut them down because clearly they've been preparing that this isn't going to be a service they're going to continue in the long term um and all the games that were on there were already out on other consoles people had already bought or purchased so there was nothing on google to bring you to that system that wasn't something you could play elsewhere and probably that you had already played or were playing elsewhere. You know, they're like, oh, you can play Destiny 2 or Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I was like, brilliant. I played those two years ago. I don't need to play them anymore. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that was the issue with it. I think the idea, in theory, was great. Google got it wrong with the pricing. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if this rumor is true. I think we're all just kind of waiting for the day that Google finally do pull the plug. Um, and, yeah, with Xbox Game Pass, Cloud Streaming and PSN, plus and all the rest of it happening with their subscription services i just don't feel they got into the market in the right way at the time that they could have they could have made it really really effective and they didn't yeah i think you've uh hit the nail on the head yeah i sorry go on 
Oh, no, sorry. I was just going to say, I was interested to see what you thought about it. Well, I was, I wanted to check it out at launch and I was quite impressed with it. And since then, I've, you know, my internet connection has um, improved significantly. And I stand by the fact that from a technical standpoint, Stadia is the best streaming service. There's just no, there's just no competition. Xbox cloud streaming had such a bad start that it was quite evident how well Google had sorted this thing out, had made this work. And it's so glorious. You play If you're a pro subscriber, you know, playing all these games in 4K and it just beaming down to a little Chromecast, it's like, this thing is, this is very cool. But you're right. It is literally everything else that Google decided to do, which fucked it all up. These the pro the pro subscription. If you get it now, like a year or two years later, it's very good. There's like fifty odd games you can jump into immediately. Um, if you stay subscribed, you can play them whenever you want. Um, so at least now there is a reason to jump into Stadia Pro if you really want to. Um, including like uh, like you said about Toby, those um free access to the Life is Strange remasters. I mean that's that's awesome. But the pricing was awful. Um, there was an Assassin's Creed Odyssey edition on Stadia for eighty nine ninety nine, and I just no one's going to pay that for a cloud based game. They're just not, especially when, like you say, Google are very famous for just ditching stuff if it doesn't work. And you know they made all these promises when it was started. Like, no, that's not going to happen. We're not going to do that. We're going to keep the servers on for forever and ever and ever, and it's going to be brilliant. This is going to revolutionize gaming. Of course, it didn't revolutionize gaming. If anything, it put gaming back a few steps. Like, well, cloud gaming maybe isn't the way forward just yet. And yet, what we see now in 2022 is Xbox have sorted out their cloud gaming. They made the amazing decision to put Fortnite for free on cloud gaming. Um, so anyone can play it wherever you are. Um, and it runs beautifully. It runs so much better than, dare I say, the Switch version. I know I just said how much I adore my Switch. But the Fortnite version of of uh, the Switch version of Fortnite is absolutely yes, it's just awful, and I can open my phone, stream it from the Xbox Cloud, and it's absolutely perfect. It's like I'm playing the 4K version on my PS5, and Stadia doesn't have Fortnite, and I know that's a weird thing, but it's like that is if your if your system doesn't have the biggest game in the world, then what? How is it attracting people? You know, they have free games on there, a few little, you know, the little indie multiplayer things and things that you can get on your phone and stuff, but nothing concrete. And, you know, Destiny is free to play anyway, so that doesn't really count. But, you know, how Microsoft have now put the entirety of Game Pass in their cloud. And so if you're a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, you can play your games from Game Pass wherever you want to go. You know, and that's no additional cost on top of it. Unlike Stadia, which is like, well, if you want to play these games, you got to buy. You know, it's it's a store. You know, seventy quid for Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which at that point was already two years old, and they just messed up the pricing. They messed up the the announcements, the the way to sell this system. Everything about it was wrong, and it's such a shame because, like I said, I think that I think the streaming service is absolutely fantastic. You know, running Destiny 2 in 4K with a full field of view on my TV 
is brilliant. It's amazing. It just works perfectly. And, you know, it's like, I wish people could actually see how good it actually is because they have something here. If they knock down the subscription price, maybe, or if they gave people more time to try it out for free, you'll see that, you know, it is a good service, but they consistently screwed it up by going, oh, there's a subscription service, sure, which what we, we all thought that was going to be from the very beginning. But you can also buy the games if you want to. It's like, well, that isn't, you know, £80 for Assassin's Creed Odyssey is an absolute disgrace um, on a streaming service because, you know, you want to have some semblance of ownership if you're going to spend that kind of money on a video game. And granted, I've spent that on digital video games. You know, the argument of what well, what's really different, you know, if I lose a license to that game, I've lost it forever. But it's the same thing, you know, the cloud streaming of Google, as good as it is, everything else that they threw at it was wrong. And that's the problem. That's why it failed, because, you know, nobody wants to pay £90 for Assassin's Creed Odyssey two years after release. It was such a bad decision, man. I don't know who sat there and thought, you know what? They'll they'll pay that. They'll pay full price for a game that was released two years ago after already paying to subscribe to our service. Like, yeah, baffling. Um, is your are you using your mic still? It sounds you sound really quiet all of a sudden. Oh, uh, I should be on my mic. Let me check on my mic. Yeah, I'm on my mic. Oh, that's really weird. Hmm. If I sit closer, does that help? It does help a little. Yes. Okay, I'll sit closer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, so yeah, this is where we are, and um, Stadia is Stadia is good, like I said, but it's just not good enough, and it's not going to compete with. Once Xbox Game Pass expands to the point where you can have your entire library of Xbox games on the cloud, I mean that's it. It's over. You know, I've got a load of games from my Xbox 360 time and my Xbox One era that I bought that's in my library that I should, that soon enough I'll be able to play wherever I am. And that's awesome. Yeah, that's how the service should be, isn't it? That's how we want cloud gaming to be, is access to everything all of the time. Yeah. Yeah, so they've got the FIFA 23 Ultimate Edition right now. It's £80 on Stadia. Jesus. <laughs> it's like... What? Come on, guys. Uh, they added Ubisoft Plus recently, which is like, you know, another subscription on top of the subscriptions. Um, but, you know, you can... If you are subscribed to Ubisoft Plus, you can get every Ubisoft game ever and all future Ubisoft games on Stadia. That's pretty cool. But again, it's another subscription and it's not included in the Stadia Pro. God, mad. So it's all these little decisions that are just like, just really tank it, unfortunately. And it's weird because Google is so rich, they could quite easily afford to make a few losses or take some hits in terms of some of this and just go for a pure one subscription, buys your way in. Yeah. But they just haven't. And it's just cost them the entire service. And like you said, had they gone for that and marketed it properly, you know, they would have entered the market at the perfect time. They'd have had the best streaming service. They'd have had a one subscription model. You join it, you run it, you can play any game you want. We'll keep adding more. People would have bought into that. But they're not going to switch over from, you know, a PlayStation or an Xbox, which are offering now equivalent services for the benefit of having to buy the games all over again for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. I just realized what the issue was with your mic is that my, my earphone fell out and I couldn't hear the right <laughs> your, your audio. So 
Apologies for that. <laughs> You're so quiet when I haven't got my microphone in. Yeah. Man, when, I, when I haven't got my headphones in, I just can't hear you. It's so weird. That's a strange concept, how sound works, man. Strange yeah. concept. So for now, Stadia is alive and kicking, but we shall see how long that lasts. Um, I, I, I want it. I want Google to realize the error of their ways and switch it up, make it a full streaming subscription service, and just do that. But they're not going to, and that's really annoying because they really do. They really do have something here, and they've they've absolutely well, they fucked it. They completely they've googled it. it. They've literally done what Google do of yeah. have a good idea and they fuck it up and then they just delete it because they can't be bothered. Yeah, pretty much. But you can play Assassin's Creed Valhalla for two hours for free if you want to. Amazing, because it's not like a hundred <laughs> hour game. <laughs> the first two hours doesn't even get you to the title screen. That's, <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Honestly, uh... behemoths. It's just absurd. Uh, right then, let's talk about Tomb Raider. I mean, obviously this is going to be a full on um, cat topic, but um, it's quite interesting, so I thought we'd jump into it now. Um, the next Tomb Raider could have a Lara Croft leading a team of Tomb Raiders. Um, this is, of course, VGC, Mr. Andy Robinson. The next Tomb Raider game could feature an experienced Lara Croft leading a team of Tomb Raiders. That's according to a script allegedly being used to cast the unrevealed game's actors, which was obtained and shared by Sacred Symbols. According to the alleged script, the next Tomb Raider is internally known as Project Jawbreaker. And it's described as an action-adventure game set in a modern-day world rocked by a mysterious cataclysm. Uh, something that Lara Croft has done, no doubt. According to the alleged casting notes for Lara, the project is looking to cast an authentic British actress in their mid-30s in the prototype of Emily Blunt or Rosamund Pike. And the role would involve romantic scenes with another female character? It doesn't me. Lara Croft is now at the top of her game, the alleged script says. Gone are the days of the young, inexperienced woman dealing with matters of legacy and f- familial reckoning. Lara has let go of her childhood and fully embraced the life of an adventurer. Her legendary career has been lauded and printed in tabloids, tell tales of adventure that have inspired a new generation of Tomb Raiders to seek their fortunes in the world. With this new phase of her life, Lara fully accepts her place among the ruins. For many years, Lara plunged the depths of forgotten places, played cat and mouse with many nefarious opponents, and worked to uncover, preserve, and protect the lost secrets of the world, lest they fall into the wrong hands. The script then describes what appears to be a team setup for the new Tomb Raider, which could see multiple characters involved in the core gameplay. Additional Tomb Raiders have speaking roles in the alleged script, including characters Devendra and Tanvi. As the years have passed, Lara has become lonely at the top. The story synopsis continues. The beginning of this next chapter presents Lara with a quintessentially adult problem, facing something too big to handle alone. Well, Mr. Mars Thompson, how does this sound to you? It's an interesting direction they're taking it, isn't it? And I think mm. in the article it says this is uh, going to be like the bridge between the OG Tomb Raiders and their like rebooted prequel trilogy. Um, yeah, I'm kind of interested in where they're taking it. I can kind of envision if it's like a single player experience as the rest have been, that it'll be like each of the other Tomb Raiders will kind of be like playable and they'll each have like a distinct play style probably in line with like what their personality is like so i imagine there'll be one who's like really good at exploration but really crap in combat and then you'll have one that's better in combat or better at hunting or whatever so i could see that there could be some quite interesting you know diversification of the gameplay rather than just having lara be you know the jack of all trades at everything but also i think it might be an admission on their part of once 
like their Lara was all about building her character and her becoming the Tomb Raider and her being quite fractured and broken. And, you know, she makes impulsive kind of stupid decisions at times that she has to learn from. And obviously in this game that they're making, she's going to be much more experienced. She's learned from all those mistakes. Hopefully she won't be destroying entire towns with apocalyptic, you know, tidal waves by taking things <laughs> she shouldn't anymore. Um, so I think it's a good way for them to also change up the story that they're going to tell so they can keep some of those story beats of, you know, her teaching inexperienced Tomb Raiders or trying to lead a team. And that provides the conflict for her um, when she's like a lone warrior kind of thing. Um, yeah, I like the idea of it. A part of me is wondering if this means they might introduce like a co-op element either into the main game or as like a DLC expansion, because I know they've messed around with like endurance stuff and time trials and all that kind of thing. Um, so it offer like a good opportunity for co-op style gameplay, like horde modes and all that kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I I mean, I'm interested. I've really enjoyed the uh, the rebooted trilogy. Um, I haven't played as much of the OG Tomb Raiders. This was kind of Cat's forte, really, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I don't think anyone has played as much as... Uh, <laughs> no, I think Cat's the, uh, the resident expert in all things Tomb Raider. Um, but yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed the 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 rebooted kind of trilogy um i know it says they're going to go back to that really cinematic style high graphic fidelity you know it's going to be an uncharted style game again but with a different focus for its story and gameplay and i like the sound of it it's it's still a ways off i imagine i can't imagine we'll be seeing this anytime particularly soon Mm. um but it's nice to know that you know we're getting back to those games and despite the as square enix would always say the lackluster sales you know, now that the Crystal Dynamics have been purchased and the IP is no longer with them, hopefully it can just be allowed to, you know, be a good game and sell as well as it needs to to recoup its costs, not have to be this multi, you know, dozen million copy, you know, product that Square Enix somehow think that every game is going to be, even when it's not. Um, so I just hope the development team have the freedom to make the game they want. And if they do, that's grand. I'm looking forward to playing it whenever it manages to come out at some point. Yeah, um, I'm with you. This sounds really interesting. Um, I also love the the reboot trilogy. I thought it was great. Um, I do wonder what goes through Square Enix's head sometimes. Oh, honestly, this, this it sold very, very, very well. Yeah, <laughs> and they're good games. They're critically acclaimed. People love them, man. Leave yeah. it alone. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're fine, Square Enix. You're okay. okay? Yeah. Did someone hurt you? Are you okay? What's going and on they, here? They even managed, realistically, to put Lara Croft in the same breath as Nathan Drake in the Uncharted series, which in and of itself, you know, is an achievement because those games are revered. And it was now like the thing of you have Lara Croft, who's the female Nathan Drake, and you've got Uncharted, and now you've got Tomb Raider again. And to take a franchise that had been dormant for a little while and reboot it to so much success that it's now, you know, almost standing on a par with that kind of level of series... You know, I think that's a fantastic achievement, and I don't think Square Enix really appreciated what they had at all. No, you're absolutely right, and that's that's the case. You know, there's like I like the idea of Lara being a teacher. Of like, yeah, you know, I miss Croft. How dare you, <laughs> yeah. Jonah? <laughs> how dare you call me Lara? <laughs> yeah, have some respect. Yeah, go and kill that boar for your troubles, bastard. <laughs> yeah, I fought a tiger at your age. What are you doing sitting around a campfire? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, are we looking at like a Assassin's Creed kind of? Um, oh, which Assassin's Creed was it where he had a, a brotherhood? Yeah, brotherhood. Um, that kind of thing, maybe. Oh yeah, maybe. I don't know if you can maybe switch between the characters like a your GTA style or. 
I imagine they would, you know, because I feel like if you're going to introduce like a team of Tomb Raiders, they have to be playable to some degree, even if it's like a gameplay mechanic like Lara can like call on them to do different things at different times. But yeah, it's it's an interesting concept. And I guess there's a lot of ways they can take it, like just from our interpretations, like you obviously mentioned the Brotherhood approach or, you know, having them all playable like GTA there's just so many options for them to go down. So I'm really intrigued as to which one they uh, think's the best one. Yeah, I'm just going to see, it's going to be interesting to see, I think, how much of a role Laura actually has if there's a whole team kind of uh, following her wherever she goes. Do you reckon they might Gotham Knights it and kind of like sidestep her a little bit in favour of the team itself? Oh, I imagine. And the sequel will be like, Lara Croft is dead. all that's left is the team (laughs) the treasures ain't gonna find themselves anymore it's up to the team and miles are like oh no i'm not gonna no (laughs) yeah Lara's dead just like shit they'll turn it into an rpg with like numbers damage and health bars and i'll be like no i'm out it's a no from me (laughs) (laughs) couch co-op oh no absolutely Um. not So, so yeah, but it sounds it sounds intriguing, and I think it it mixes the, the series up a bit because we haven't had that kind of thing from Tomb Raider before. Yes, and yeah, um, yeah it's it is entered development. So yeah, this thing's a way off. I think it's going to look gorgeous as well. It's being developed on Unreal Engine Five, isn't it? It so is. I think yes, it's going to look with, shiny. Yeah, with how good the previous trilogy looked on their generation, I think we can expect quite a, an impressive looking title on this one. Yeah. Um... We did have a conversation with Kat didn't we, a little while back about the future of Tomb Raider and how she doesn't want it recast. Um, unfortunately, it looks like they are recasting. I don't know why, you know. I don't get why. Mm, Camilla Lennington I... absolutely smashed it, didn't she? Yeah, she, for me now, she is Lara Croft. I can't really imagine anyone else voice acting or playing her and it being convincing now because I feel like she's now defined that role for me in that prequel trilogy. Mm. Yeah, so maybe she's, I don't know, I'm guessing she's much older now. Um, yeah, maybe. I guess so. It's going to be interesting to see how they explain how she got the pointy boobs. <laughs> Can you imagine if they have to redesign her? Oh, God. <laughs> There'll be an outcry of some sort, I'm sure. Well, if this is like the middle ground between the reboots and the the originals, they're going to have to address it somehow. <laughs> Do you reckon there will be like an in-game like Easter egg or something that will address it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It'll just be the last trophy that you can find. <laughs> yeah, literally the very last thing after you've 100% of the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's all we have so far on the new Tomb Raider. Um, positive. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's good news uh, for once out of Square Enix's Western Studios. At least they're uh, working on a project that will hopefully turn out pretty good. So, yeah, better yeah. news than most. And remember, it won't sell. But it will sell Square Enix, don't worry. It will sell 4 million copies, but it just hasn't sold enough, you know? It's disappointing. Mm. 7 million for the first reboot? <laughs> Pathetic. That's nuts. How can you call 7 million units? Oh, Square Enix, man. Go over yourselves. Seriously, guys. Okay, Shocking. you'll be so much happier. Just lower <laughs> your expectations. Yeah, pull that bar down a little bit. You don't need to be like Shinra. It's okay. Yeah, you'll be fine, okay? You'll be fine. You'll- You'll make some money. You won't make all the money, but you will make some money, and that should be enough. You'll make loads of money. <laughs> My God, especially if it's multi-platform. Throw it on yeah. everything. God, yeah. Throw it on Stadia. Do it, I that, dare you, you bastards. <laughs> that is one thing I hope they don't do. I hope they don't go back to the console exclusivity stuff that they did with the first one and then with the second one as well. Um, 
I really hope they just keep it multi-platform so that everyone can appreciate it. You remember when Rise of the Tomb Raider went Xbox exclusive? Oh, it pissed me off so much. Oh my god. Um, I was furious because I played the re- the first one reboot and I was like, this is amazing. And I read a thing that like three quarters of that game's player base was PlayStation. And then they put Rise on Xbox, and I was like, that's a quarter of the player base. Why? And then obviously they then released for PlayStation, and I got it on deal for like 15 quid as like the game of the year edition with all the DLC. So I was like, well, it pays to wait sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because of Dynamics going. You know, sales of the Rise of the Tomb Raider are quite low. <laughs> it's because you put it on one system. It's almost like it alienated three quarters of your player base from being able to purchase it. What a weird decision. And you put it on the system that is not synonymous with Lara Croft Tomb Raider games. Honestly, what a weird decision that was. It felt like that was Microsoft trying desperately to get something on their console that Sony didn't have. Yeah, oh, totally. And it just, yeah, just didn't work out whatsoever. So I really hope they don't do that. I want tomb raider available to everybody hopefully probably not on switch because by then that won't be able to handle anything near what that game can do no it's uh man that must have been a hell of a check from microsoft jesus christ <laughs> god nuts in it it's like well if we put this game on every system we know it's going to sell at least 174 million copies uh <laughs> so you better you better you better price this up my friend you can imagine Square Enix being like, actually, 100 million units would be disappointing to us, so we're going to price it to 200 million <laughs> if you want the exclusivity. And they were like, fine. <laughs> it's sold fine. like 2 million. <laughs> I'm Phil Spencer. I have all the money in the world. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, I've got this new thing called Game Pass coming, and it's going to completely change gaming, so I'll do it. Oh, Phil Spencer. Imagine having the keys to Microsoft's bank account and just doing whatever the fuck you want with it. I mean, you just wouldn't be able to do what... <laughs> like, you'd run out of stuff to be able to do with all that money. Like, you would just run out. Anyway, that's a that's a completely different topic. We might talk about that one day. It's like, well, what would you do if you were Phil Spencer? <laughs> That'll be a pod spoiler special. That will. Oh, that sounds a lot. Sounds like a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> do you know if Kat has finished Stray yet? Uh, she has. Yes, she's finished Stray at last. Oh, okay. She, oh. she she struggled to get to the end of it. She really did. Oh, our spoiler special isn't coming though. At some point oh, in the future, I'm excited. I'm well excited to dive into that. I love that game. Yeah, me too. Um, all right, then let's talk about GTA. Yay! Woo! Um, reading again from VGC, I really should have a, some sort of sponsorship with VGC. I shout them out every single week. Um, Jordan Middler, Grand Theft Auto 6 will take place in an area based on Miami and may feature a female player character. It's been claimed. Bloomberg, that's good old Jason Schreier, reports that the game, which it claims began development sometime in 2014, is at least two years away. Early designs called for the inclusion of territories modeled after large areas of North and South America. The publication states the company reeled in those ambitions and cut the main map down to a fictional version of Miami and its surrounding areas. Rockstar's next game, Grand Theft Auto 6, will include a playable female protagonist, Bloomberg adds, citing sources familiar with the game. The woman, who is Latina, will be one of a pair of leading characters in a story influenced by the bank robbers Bonnie and Clyde, the people said. Developers are also being cautious not to punch down by making jokes about marginalized groups, people said, in contrast to previous games. It's also been claimed that the game's single-player map will be updated over time, adding new missions and cities on a regular basis, with the leadership hopes that will lead to less crunch during the game's final months. However, it's said that the game will feature more interior locations than previous GTA games, which has reportedly impacted the development timeline. Bloomberg reports that a cultural overhaul of Rockstars is, is at the core of the big changes for the franchise. Due to some of the changes that the company implemented in an effort to improve working conditions, such as a restructuring of the design department and a pledge to keep overtime under control. 
Sweeping measures have been introduced to the company, once famed for a company culture fitting of the name Rockstar. At the beginning of the pandemic, Bloomberg claimed that the company ousted several senior figures that employees thought were abusive or toxic. They also introduced a new system wherein every extra hour worked on the game can be instantly claimed back. Um, this kind of leads into a little bit of a thing about Rockstar, but good to hear that Rockstar are making some positive changes. Um, Miles, how do you feel about TJ6? Is this sounding a little up your alley or is it going to work for you, bro? No, I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't say it's going to work or anything like that. I do feel part I've of the seen appeal. It. Some people on the internet have said, oh my God, a female protagonist. I'm like, yeah, mate, in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. You'll like, be fine. Yeah, I mean, that part of it. I feel like anytime there's a female protagonist introduced to a series, that there's always that crowd, isn't there? You know, they did it with Assassin's Creed as well. Um, when it was, was it when Evie Fry came in, even though Evelyn yeah. already existed in Assassin's Creed Liberation? And they were like, Ubisoft were just like, we've already had one. You kind of missed the boat on this. Um, yeah, they're like, oh, Rockstar are going woke, man. It's like, Rockstar, have you ever played Grand Theft Auto? <laughs> I was going to say, it's like the most least woke company in existence. Um, but it isn't, though, isn't it? I mean, Rockstar always, they're always on the side of the small guy or the little guy. Yes, you know, the way they take the piss of corporations, they, they, they take the piss out of everything, yeah, which balances out. And it's like, you know, they're not, they are the most woke company ever because they just don't give a fuck. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you know? And that's everyone the, gets equally roasted. Exactly. And like, look at DLC for GTA 4, the ballad of gay Tony. They've always mm-hmm. been woke to an extent. And so when people go, female protagonists, oh my God, they're just ticking boxes. It's like, mate, you have n- just please go and play Grand Theft Auto again <laughs> yeah. and understand what you're playing. Especially GTA Five because they had like the the white middle aged cis whatever kind of protagonist, but then they also had a complete trailer trash poverty psychopath one, and then they had Frank Dunn, who's obviously black and comes from like the the bottom and works his way up the story. And his story is actually really interesting. I really think GTA Five yeah, story sure. isn't actually given enough credit for what it talks about and what it goes into. But yeah, I feel like part of the appeal of Grand Theft Auto. Although it's the, you know, they describe it as punching down here. I feel like part of the appeal is that, like you said, they kind of just shit on everyone, whether you're big or small, whether you are, whether it's race, gender, politics, whatever it might be, you know, the whole satire is just about the world in general. It's looking at themes and it's looking at what's going on in the world and going, right, how do we riff on this? How do we take them to their extreme? How do we show how stupid this line of logic can be if you stop using rational thought and all that kind of stuff? And it's probably one of the few series that really balances that line, I think, pretty well of getting some really good humour and laughs out of it, but also kind of being quite cutting of how stupid society can be in a lot of ways. And a part of me does feel like the direction they're taking, although not punching down, I guess, is considered a good thing now. And in a lot of ways, I guess it will be. I just feel like it's going to lose a little bit of that taking the piss out of everyone appeal um which i think is what a lot of people do play the story for is that they know that they're going to be made fun of but so is everyone else really equally um so i do feel like that part of the direction for me is a little bit like uh, i prefer it to stay as it was but then times are changing rockstar has changed a lot as a company which it needed to do so i guess it's a compromise i'm quite willing to or quite happy to accept as part of the change i guess yeah um, yeah we're still you're still gonna be able to kill hookers okay oh yeah about it like the core of Grand Theft Auto will still be the same. You'll still be swearing all the time. There'll be copious amounts of violence. You'll be doing horrible acts and laughing about it. Like the core carnage of GTA will be left intact. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, I think the working conditions changes are really good news. Um, I remember, I think it was Dan Hauser who 
did that interview where he kind of like paraded about the fact that everybody was doing a hundred hour weeks. And I was like, that is ridiculous. Like that's pretty disgusting. Um, And all of the toxic workplace stuff that came out through all of those reports and whatever. I think the fact that Rockstar have changed for the better on that front, you know, I'm quite happy to accept a new version of GTA if it means that the people who work there get to have a good quality of life, good pay, good benefits and all the things that they should have. So that's a positive. I think that's a really good thing about it. Um, I am concerned about the game itself, though. You know, they were going to make it where it was North and South America chunks, as well as the actual map itself. And they've had to really scale that back. So the scope's been kind of reduced a lot. You know, it's going to be Corley based in Miami, which is going to feel very kind of Vice City-like. And yeah, although it's going to have other bits and pieces to it, I'm kind of wondering if some of these scalebacks are because they're running into issues with the development of the game and what kind of state it's going to be in. We saw with the GTA trilogy, what a mess, you know, Rockstar's work can be if it's kind of outsourced too much and whatever. Um, but obviously they've cancelled oh, yes. the remasters or remakes, I think, to help them focus on this project. So I'm a bit mixed on where the game's probably at in its development. Um, I think they're going to struggle to top what GTA 5 did. It was just so out of this world when how they got gta 5 on a playstation 3 actually boggles my brain (laughs) i actually i I don't understand how i was at university playing grand theft auto 5 on my playstation 3 and that game actually ran and worked like it boggles my head um but i think they're going to struggle to top what that game did because graphics are advancing so quickly now that they're going to struggle to graphically upgrade what we're so used to at this point um but also we've had a lot of open worlds. We've had Grand Theft Auto V released about 20 times at this point. So we know what a giant open world can do. And I think they're just going to maybe struggle to reach the level of expectation this is going to hit. Because if you go into this thinking it's another Grand Theft Auto, it's going to be really good. It's going to be a little more quote unquote woke, but it's still going to be a core Grand Theft Auto experience. I think you'll have a great time. It's going to be well worth the money for what it releases for. But if it's going into it, because I remember GTA 5 had so much hype. It was mental. And I worry that if it has this level of hype for GTA 6, I really don't know how the designers are going to be able to match that again. So I think from my perspective, I'm kind of going to go into it of, I want it to release when it releases so the dev team can actually work on it at a nice pace so they're getting crunched to hell and back again. But also I'm going to go into it as it's a GTA game. It's going to be fun. I'm going to have a good time with it. Hopefully they're not going to microtransaction the hell out of it. They probably will. But I'm looking forward to just playing another Grand Theft Auto in next gen in all of its shiny glory with neon Miami to just bask in and enjoy. And I kind of want it to be a bit more arcadey again. I want it to be quite like fun rather than as, uh, you know, hyper-realistic as like GTA 4 was, for example. Um, but yeah, I think I think the news is positive. Maybe the scaling back will be a good thing. It will really focus them in and allow them to make it more dense. I know it says in that article, doesn't it? They're making loads of interior areas. Um, yeah. Which means that it's going to be very like deep. Every building you see, you're going to be able to probably go in or interact with in some way. So they've got loads of scope to do cool things with that. So yeah, I think it is good news on the whole. I think there's a couple of bits I'm a bit kind of worried about, but other than that, I think it's shaping up that it should be pretty good. If that I, makes sense. Yeah, I am with you. I'm perfectly fine with the scale down GTA. Okay. I honestly thought GTA 5 was too big. Okay. I remember driving from the city. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the way up to Trevor. That was a long way. Like, yeah, that's a long ass way. <laughs> <laughs> it is a big ass drive. Actually. I have yeah. things to do. Rockstar, come on. 
respect um, my time. Yeah, I loved it. I loved um, like being up in the um, you know the the, the Trevor area um, of just like just desert of just nothingness, mm-hmm. and it was so much fun. But I can I, I'm perfectly happy with a smaller condensed version. Obviously, it won't be. It'll probably be two twice as big as GTA Five was. And but to be uh, honest, if it was like Assassin's Creed Odyssey size, I'd hate it because that's what killed me on open world games was Assassin's Creed Odyssey was far too fucking big. It did not need to be that big. So actually, you're right. Maybe the scaling down will actually work in its favour. Yeah, and Valhalla just made it even bigger. I was like, nope, Assassin's Creed, calm down. Yeah, I just I dropped out. I was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's enough slices. Just stop. Just too much, too much. Um, so yeah, bombing around Miami um, well, sounds great to me. Um, GTA 4 really is the one that stands out, isn't it? Over them all. It's so such a serious game. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It has have such ever, a tone to it. Have you ever watched like the compilations of how realistic GTA 4 actually was, even in comparison to GTA 5? Like, oh, I haven't. It's like a 10 to 20 minute long video, and I was really bored one day and ended up watching it. And the level of detail in GTA 4 is actually mind-blowing. Like, they went to so much effort for so many random details that actually got removed for GTA 5. Like, they must have had to do it in order to make it work on the PS3. But it was mental from, like, how cars functioned and there was, like, realistic vehicle damage that GTA 5 never had, all sorts of stuff. And I think GTA 4, because it was so serious, I think some of that, it's, like, technical achievement actually got drowned out because it was not the fun GTA, if that makes sense. I'll never forget the first trailer for GTA 4, ever. I will never forget it. um, Yeah, the sun, like, raising over New York and Nico Bellic, his script is like, life is complicated. Yeah. (laughs) I have killed people, smuggled people, and sold people. Perhaps here, things would be different. GTA 4. I was like, oh my god, this is really stroppy. This is, this is going to be a really sad game. What's going on? And it was. It was. No matter how many times your brother called you to play bowling, it's like, nope, I'm doing serious shit right now. Oh, fuck off, Roman. Yeah, but that was the beauty of five because five just went balls to the wall, just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, Trevor was like their antithesis, like their uh, their anti venom to GTA Four. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm always down for Grand Theft Auto. I know it's GTA Online has a bad rap, but um, there's just nothing you can't beat a Rockstar single player game. No, when you, but when you really want somebody like that to play, you know. Yeah, especially after Red Dead Two, like that yeah. game oh. single player is just out of this world. Like it is yeah. so so good and. Yeah, like with the amount of experience Rockstar have at this point, like they do consistently seem to pull out the park with pretty much every game that they make. So as much as I'm a little bit sceptical, they've always overcome it. Somehow they always exceed their expectation with every game they make. So yeah, I think it bodes well. I think this, like you said, it's going to be worth the price. You know, if it's 70 quid, mm-hmm. then it's this is one of those few times a game will probably be worth the 70 pounds value. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, GT Online will probably be thrown in, but you don't have to play it. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's the, it. The idea of this ever-evolving city sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Of you know that 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 does stop them from having to make DLC, I suppose, because that is yeah. the DLC, isn't it? Really, is like all these new, you know, it's going to evolve like a Fortnite island. Yes, I think like the idea of that is great. My only concern is what Two K and Take Two are like in terms of monetizing and microtransactions, and I fear that. It's going to be like a single player live service. And if it does become like that, 
I think it's going to tune people out pretty quickly. So hopefully they're going to give us details on what that will look like as to whether it's paid or whether it's going to be like just free updates completely all the way through. Yeah. Um, my hope is that they'll do the right thing and do it as free updates. Or if it's like a really big, like a whole new section of a map or like a new place to visit or whatever, I don't mind paying for it as a bit of DLC. No, but, of but uh, I swear to God, if they're like, we've introduced a new casino and you have to pay five pounds if you want to enter it. And I'll, I'll be like, no, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think if they, if they leave all of that stuff into GTA online yes. and keep it out in single player, then that's it's whatever you know i'm not gonna i've dabbled in gta online i just cannot get my head around it it's too much going on right now i was yeah too late to me the game. too i was too late <laughs> to it i'm just so confusing i can't do it did, did you not try it at launch gta online i tried it at launch i couldn't get on the servers um, yep <laughs> i finally got on and of course it's an it, it, it's a shared world so i just got fucking murked immediately there wasn't even a protected mode there where you could run around and not be killed. Like no. you would literally spawn in and people in like jets would fly over and bomb you and you'd be like, fuck off. Well, 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 fuck this shit then. Yeah, literally. And, like, they, they finally had like a private lobby, but like, you can't do anything. Yeah, that is pointless. <laughs> you can't do missions. It's like, well, what the fuck? Just run around and do nothing in this big empty city with nothing else in it. Yeah. Um, so you've really got to want to play it if you want it, you know, if you want to succeed in GTA Online. And uh, I've never really got the appeal to be honest which is a shame because they sold it like to your heist with your friends i was like hell yeah that'd be amazing yeah (laughs) but never once have i done a heist with my friends no me either i'm sure paul's had a great time he raves about it all the time doesn't he loves loves it he loves it that sweet little cotton bud we call paul gullet (laughs) that innocent dude yeah he's got he's got he probably could have started his own youtube channel with the amount of gta online that he played he probably should have done. He could have been huge. Like yeah, he, he probably should have done. But oh, Jimmy. God, what a uh, what a time to be alive! Eh? GTA Six on the horizon. Finally, it's weird to think that we're like living in that era of gaming where like all these pinnacles of series are coming out, and we're reaching like GTA Six. Like, yeah, I just find it crazy to think of when I was a kid playing like Vice City and stuff, and now I'm at Grand Theft Auto Six. It's just so weird. Yeah, we're not even there yet. We got we got a while to wait on this one, but it's um it'll be worth it. And day one it'll be uh GTA six spoiler special thinking on this podcast. Could you imagine if one of Sony or Microsoft get it on their subscription services day one? Oh my good God. Could you imagine? They won't. That, it obviously. sounds like it sounds like something Phil Spencer would do, to be honest. <laughs> He's like, right, Rockstar, I've got a billion pounds spare. Is that enough? And they'll be like Call it one and a half and we have a deal. And he'd do it. He would go for it. Yeah. You can have it for two months for free. (laughs) Deal. I'll take it. Oh, could you imagine? Can you imagine the TTA 6 trailer finally comes out? We're all excited. It's (laughs) multi-platform. Then it goes day one on Game Pass. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's like an Xbox showcase and they're like, right, guys, it's the final trailer. It's quite a big one, this one. And there's like, oh, by the way, it is day one on Game Pass. And you just like see like the GTA style come in, and you're like, nah, he's not, he's not, surely he's not. And he just reels out like the rock star executive, and he's like, hey guys, Xbox exclusive day one. <laughs> really excited to announce GTA Six going straight to Game Pass, and then we come back to Phil Spencer, and he's just masturbating into a bank. Yeah, he's <laughs> just smiling in a mirror, masturbating, having a great time, and he's like, yep, got you guys, got you. <laughs> oh my days. Um, you know what? I don't hate the idea. I just want to see it happen now. 
I mean, I want to, see happen. I want, I want to watch the world burn and see what happens. <laughs> we would have to do a live stream and we would have to just show off the hype because at that stage, you just got to give into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, GTA 5 has been on Game Pass, so who knows? Stranger things have happened. Indeed. Talking of Stranger Things, go and listen to our Stranger Things spoiler special that we recorded a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, Shameless plug. Yeah. Well, it's our stuff. We've got to plug it somehow, haven't we? No one else will. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, fair. Uh, right then, we're at recommendations, Miles. Oh, wow. This is yeah. like the fastest we've ever got through a podcast. I'm proud of us. <laughs> we're at recommendations. We're not even at an hour yet. I love that. Uh, um, what do you got to recommend this week? Uh, funnily enough, it's going to be Lady Gaga live because uh-huh. that was her opening salvo. And it was, I kid you not, it was unreal. She opened with Bad Romance. Yep. What? That's sick. It was unreal. And I was like, the tickets that we had were like really high up in the stands, but like directly in front of the stage. And you could just see the entire crowd that was standing all bouncing in unison. Like it was like this weird Mexican wave of bouncing people. And it was just (laughs) absolutely ballistic. Everyone went nuts from the stands to the standing people. It was chaos. She jumps over fire a couple of times. She sang shallow in the middle of the crowd on this little platform um playing the piano she was standing on the piano and playing at the same time and singing she is she is just a performer to the extreme she's just got this down to a fine art um yeah she was absolutely unreal and i haven't listened to lady gaga properly with the exception of like shallow since like 2011 something like that um that's the thing that's the interesting thing is like you went because cat wanted to go one would assume no it was actually because my stepmom bought me tickets for my birthday oh okay and she was just like i'll book your tickets for lady gaga for your birthday this is when it is and i was like cool okay <laughs> <laughs> i totally wasn't expecting it hadn't asked That's awesome. that. um and like i said like i hadn't listened to lady gaga it wasn't like i've been a massive fan of her or anything like that um she was just like yeah i booked it and i was like you know what it's lady gaga like why would you not go like you have to go and um, my brother and my sister are like huge Gaga fans. So I messaged my brother and he was like, you have to go. You can't not go to a Gaga concert. Um, so that's how we ended up going. Yeah. And it was that's just, insane. and it was, to be fair, it was probably on a objective level as a show, it was probably the best live concert I've ever actually been to. Um, just because of how much work has gone into it. Like she changes outfits like 12 to 15 times in the course of like an hour and a half, sometimes mid song. Like she's halfway through a song lyric and she suddenly comes out in a new outfit. And I'm like, how, how have you physically <laughs> done that? Um, and it's called the chromatical ball. It's split into like four acts. And it was just, like I said, she came out with the first three were bad romance, just dance and poker face. So I was like, bang Damn. time. All of my favourite songs from you just played in an opening salvo. What a wicked start that is. The audacity. Honestly. The audacity to open with all three of those. <laughs> it's like, do you know what? I've got such a catalogue of bangers. I'm going to open with three of my best ones and I've still got plenty left in reserve for the rest of the show. Oh like, my God. It's like, it reminds me of when I went to see Brian Adams and he, he threw out everything I do, I do it for you. And somewhere <laughs> 69, I was like, oh, cool. That's a nice way to end it. He played for another hour and a half. Oh my God. <laughs> like... <laughs> You dirty bastard. I love that. That is supreme confidence, isn't it? You're like, I've made so much good music. I can play my best ones immediately and I'll still have plenty left over and none of you will care. It's just (laughs) confidence supreme. But yeah, so if you can get to go see Lady Gaga, I'd recommend doing it. Even if you're not the biggest fan of her music, the pure spectacle and the effort and 
like we did say like some of the so she had like screens either side and like while she was off kind of changing or getting ready for the next act or whatever they play like these weird you know like lady gaga style weird shots and little clips and all sorts of weird shit um and we're a bit like is that just being a bit weird for the sake of it there's nothing really interpreted there it's kind of unnecessary um but equally it's just the interlude bit um mm. but the actual like the sets like she so Kat told me she actually suffers with fibromyalgia, which I found really interesting because like the first act, she kind of stands on like the top of the stage, doesn't really move too much. And I kind of wondered, oh, I wonder if she's like managing, you know, that condition. But nope, she gets to act two and she goes fucking all in, like nothing hold back. She goes all in. She's jumping over fire. She's dancing everywhere. She's changing outfit. She's like I said, playing the piano, standing on it. You know, she's she's just an amazing performer. So even if you don't particularly like her stuff, even if you've not listened to her for 10 years like me, still go it's well worth it she's incredible that is that's awesome i'm so glad you had such a great time man thank you dude yeah it was well worth it even despite all the train issues and everything else it was just a wonderful wonderful time is it true that she didn't have a support act yep she didn't so uh, <laughs> this, this came was, out <laughs> this was no so this was something that actually kind of pissed me off so originally it was meant to be at 7 p.m that it was booked for and then we got an email saying it's been rescheduled to five so i was like oh she must be starting earlier that's why they've rescheduled to earlier no it wasn't she still came out at 8 30 we just sat there drinking cider for two and a half hours waiting for her three and a half hours waiting for her to come out and i was a bit like that's kind of annoying and then she does literally like the lights go dim the tvs go off and then it comes up with, like this big montage thing and then she just pops out and you're like holy shit that's actually lady gaga sitting right in front of me right now <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> It sounds like they had an act and they weren't there. I don't and really... they had no other way to to cover it up or... Yeah, I don't know what happened with it because, like I said, getting people in at 7, it would have still been fine for the 8.30 kickoff mm. start. So I don't know what really went on there, but maybe it was just because they had too many people and they needed to get them all in in time. But yeah, yeah it was a bit weird. But other than that, that was the only negative of the show I could actually say was just the fact that the organizers screwed up the timings, really. Um, and that's got nothing to do with her because she was absolutely sick. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you, mate? What was yours? Uh, well, I'm going to recommend the Lady Gaga tour, to be honest, with you, the way you've been saying about it. <laughs> I would very much agree with that recommendation. Um, I actually, I was weird. I was, I was just browsing TikTok the other day. Uh, I say the other day, this afternoon, probably. I don't know what time is anymore. And, um, yeah, a friend of mine that I used to work with was right down in the um was right down in the standing. Oh, right down in the pit. Mate. I don't know if it was the same show, but um yeah. He had like a proper close up of Gaga during one of the songs. And um I was like, oh man, I think everyone I knew went to go see Gaga this year. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing as like ev- ev- I think everyone on Facebook went to see Ed Sheeran in Cardiff. Yes, that was yeah, <laughs> that was all over my TikTok, and I was like, God's sake. <laughs> Go away, you won now with the guitar. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we've seen yeah. it a million times now. Yeah, to be fair, I watched Ed Sheeran's last reset when he just, him and a guitar and a loop pedal, and it was unbelievable. He so is amazing. He is amazing. What he does. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't really have anything to recommend. So I recommend go see Lady Gaga. Nice. Right? <laughs> <laughs> sounds pretty sweet. Sounds like a, sounds like a sweet gig. So, uh... It really, really is. And you know, like some, like I remember when I went to see Linkin Park at uh, Download in 2014 and they did the Hybrid Theory album, which is 45 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and they were like, oh, at this point, we just stopped by now back like 10 years ago. And everyone kind of laughed and like, don't worry, we're actually going to play some other stuff now. Um, but, you know, most acts only go for like an hour and a half usually. But she was all in for like the full two and a half hours. Like she doesn't stop for the entire time. 
So cool. So yeah, kudos to her. I'm always down for an, an amazing love gig, regardless of uh, who it is. And I've always wanted to see Pink. Is that weird? No, Cat because... says Pink is one of the best ones to go see. Mm. I've heard uh, live, she's insane. Yeah. Um... I think... I think all of my family have seen Pink except for me. I think I'm the only one who hasn't. <laughs> Damn it, Miles. We're going to go to the next tour. <laughs> Just me and you. <laughs> That'll be wicked. We'll get face paint and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard you said that was a small boy. Ah. Uh, Portrait's a really lovely song to connect with me emotionally. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be good. My, uh, my, favorite, my favorite one, weirdly, was actually Foo Fighters. Because I was uh, in the standing bit of Wembley and they played The Pretender, which is like my favourite song, like one of my favourite songs ever. And I kid you not, I was possessed. For that like three minutes or whatever it was, I was just fully possessed. I had the most wonderful time just going absolutely berserk for that three minutes. It was amazing. That's awesome. Um, man, what was my favourite show ever? Oh, I mean, Michael Jackson, obviously. Oh, <laughs> Michael, obviously. just throw out Michael Jackson. <laughs> Of course it was Michael Jackson. How can it not be, how can it be anyone else? Who, would it, who, would, who otherwise could compare with Michael Jackson, let's be honest? Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I saw, I, I saw Linkin Park. I think I went to every tour Linkin Park did in the UK. Oh, amazing. Um, I saw him like, evolve over time. I, the only one I didn't go to was their last one, which I'm obviously now devastated about. I went to the show that was two weeks before he died. And it was uh, such an like that is my favorite one just because it was Linkin Park because they're obviously my favorite band and yeah. yeah it was the second to last one that they did and it was just one of the best live experiences I've ever had but obviously that's because I knew every song and like cried my eyes out to one more light um, of course and it was just absolutely wonderful yeah Linkin Park were were such an incredible just experience to go and go through I wish I could have got to see their earlier stuff like I said I, they did the hybrid theory one at download which was amazing. But I would have liked to have seen the other tours as well. Well, the first time I ever saw them was in Cardiff and they were supported by Lost Profits. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Which, at the time, Ooh. was radical. I was like, yeah, oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, yeah the last so time now. I saw them, I think, was the Hunting Party tour. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was just, like, the Hunting Party was so heavy. It was a really fun gig. Um, of, of course, they played all the, you know, stuff as well. But, yeah. There was a real focus on the hunting party. It was just a yeah, it was a hell of a gig. I imagine so. I, I quite like the album. It's quite like an intense album. I don't dislike any of their albums, to be honest. I think every album has got something on there that's like no other band does it like this. Yeah. 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 They tried so many different styles and somehow managed to make a good album from each of them. Mm, absolutely. So uh yeah, this is our Linkin Park spoiler special. Um, I hope you're enjoying it. Um I could talk Linkin Park for hours. Maybe we should do that one day. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They are my favourite band, so I would 1,000% be down for that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, if you, um, There's a lot of things. I guess my recommendation, then. Let's go back to actually what we're meant to be talking about. Yeah. Um, go and find Chester Bennington singing Rolling in the Deep. Oh, it's so good. It's the iTunes Festival one, isn't it? Yeah. If you like want an idea of how fucking great a vocalist that man was, just do it. Go check it out. Honestly, what what a cover. To this day, it still gives me goosebumps when I hear it. Oh, it's and, like 2011, uh, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It, it was. It feels like a long time ago now, but it was extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and also try and find, they did a song called Given Up. And if you, Chester holds, <laughs> Chester holds a scream in that song for about yeah. 30 seconds. It is, yeah. Live, you're like, 
there's no way a human can do that live. Fuck off. No way. Unless you're Chester Bennington, of course. And he bosses it. Oh, my good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. He did it download. And I just, I, I was gobsmacked. I got like, because obviously you do it in, in sync with him. And yeah. I got to like a third of the way and I couldn't breathe. And I was like, <laughs> he's, he's still going. Yeah. Ow! <laughs> and then he just carries on singing the song. Yeah. Like nothing. Like, like nothing just happened. Like, oh, dude. Absolute beast of a vocalist. He was just absolutely incredible. Oh, man. Um, anyway, let's get out of this week. <laughs> um, man, I didn't know we had such a we had such a connection over Linkin Park miles. I had no idea. We really do. I feel like we need a full pod about Linkin Park now. I'm feeling it. Oh God, let's do it. Fuck it. Who's gonna tell us no, Miles? You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> if me, if me and Ethan Lawrence could do one of our Dynasty Warriors at the request of one viewer, then we can do a Linkin Park one <laughs> at the request of ourselves. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely right. Let's get it out this week. Look out for that. One coming very, very soon. It'll be about 10 hours long. It's going to be amazing. Um, before We Leave is coming to Nintendo Switch on August the 2nd, which is a brilliant little game. Um, do not miss that. Uh, South of the Circle is coming out August the 3rd on PC and PlayStation and all the others as well. I've been playing that for review. Look out for my review on that very, very soon. Um, After Wave Downfall is also out on August the 3rd, Switch and PS4. The latest World of Warcraft DLC, Shadowlands, is coming out on August 3rd on PC. For all you big freaking nerds out there. Um, Turbo Golf Racing as its full release on August 4th coming to Xbox Series X, also on Game Pass and PC. That's the game that's basically Rocket League, but golf and not football. Um, I was going to do a preview about it, but I honestly couldn't think about anything else to say other than it's Rocket League, but with golf. <laughs> Literally, you see, you see a screenshot and you're like, yeah, Rocket League golf, got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's worth it's worth trying out on Game Pass if you if you have access, but um, yeah, it's not. I don't know. I wasn't feeling it so much. Anyway, uh, season seven of Sea of Thieves is coming to Xbox and PC on August fourth as well. If you're still playing Sea of Thieves, more power to you. The, the new season is coming soon, and it does, does look like a lot of fun. Um, Hard West Two is coming to PC on August the fourth. Gigabash is coming to PC and PS4 on August the fifth. And League of Legends Yoon is coming to PC on August 5th. Again, this is a this is a week for the nerds, this one, Miles. This is a nerdy week. It's perfect for people like me, isn't it? Oh, you love I feel it. like I feel like this year has been perfect for people like me. Whether it's been like the conferences or the games coming out or the summer, it's just it's been a nerdy year. It really, it's really has. It's a really good time to be a nerd. And uh, finally, season 14 of Apex Legends is coming out on August the 9th. Have you played Apex Legends, Miles? Uh, I have. Well, I did. When it first came out, I think I played about 40 to 50 hours of it. And oh, okay, nice. I, I got a few wins. I quite enjoyed it. I quite liked it. I just kind of bounced off it. I think I got a bit bored. Um, but it was very fun at the time that I played it. But I imagine it's a very different game now. Mm, yeah, I imagine so too. I played it at launch as well. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was all right. It's incredibly sweaty. Like, I imagine it is like Sweat Lord Central now. But, you know, you're you're way too into Fortnite these days, aren't you? So, I am. I know. I hate to say it, but I am. I've I've almost unlocked Darth Vader. I've almost finished an entire battle pass. Help me. I'm so proud of you, man. I'm so proud of you. I never thought this day would come, and here I am. Have you bought John Cena? No, no, I'm not buying. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even see him in the game anyway. What's the point? Hey, he, hey. The he made the I, joke. Honestly, every time I've played Fortnite so far this week, it's been that joke at least five times. 
<laughs> minimum. They're like, oh, I'm hiding in a bush. Not that they'd see me anyway. I'm like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah, I joined you guys last night, but then I realized I was playing in the cloud while, while I was at work. I didn't want to lag you guys out of the game, so I made a swift exit without saying hello. Oh, <laughs> that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, you can lag us out. It's all good. We don't mind a bit of lag. I jumped on to do my challenges. I was like, oh, they're all on. I'll go say hi. I thought, like, oh, wait a minute. My internet isn't great at work, so <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to ruin it for them. My three megabytes a second are not going to hold me very well here. Yeah. Still better than Fortnite on the Switch, though. My God. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Right then, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this Thinking On's podcast. A whole hour and 20 minutes of it. There you go. That's impressive for us. I'm not going to lie. That that's is impressive. Bad. I think without without, without Leggy Dargo and Lincoln Park Talk, I reckon we can stretch that down to a straight one hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, especially if we take out Lincoln Park. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to, though, because that was beautiful. Um, I agree. Thank you all very much for listening. If you... Wait, what the fuck? What is it again? <laughs> hey, come on, dude. You know this. Oh, my God. I've completely forgotten the first line. <laughs> Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at FNGRGNS. All of our handles are in the description below also, except for Miles. He's smart, of course, and not on Twitter. If you really like what we do, why not follow our Patreon for $1 a month? You can keep this podcast live on its various podcast hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny. There you go. Whew. Remember that. That was, that was beautiful at the end. I like the little swing into the, the little singing tune. Oh, well, you know, I generally forgot that first line. I generally fell out of my head then. It's, it's because it's because you've had your attention brought to it. So now you think about it when you do it, whereas you used to just do it on automatic. Oh, man. It's a, it's a psychology trick, man. I love that you're a therapist and you can tell me shit like that. <laughs> Your mind can't cognitively shortcut it anymore. That's why. Cognitively shortcut it. Listen to this guy. Oh. That's what, yeah, that's the nerd value you get out of this. <laughs> uh, Miles, thank you very much indeed for your time, sir. No problem at all. It's been a pleasure once again. I'm glad we got to uh, wax lyrical about Linkin Park and Lady Gaga together. It's been a, been a pleasure. It's been an absolute treat. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with more people. <laughs> yes and um not that not that a one-on-one with mars isn't spectacular because it is and, uh, oh i felt um, sexually charged <laughs> i've been uh i've been testing out my new microphone tonight is it still sounding glorious it is gorgeous your voice has been absolutely eloquent and beautiful Oof. you see why wouldn't you fall in love with this guy my god oh, no. just just the best just so, the best just so fucking charming <laughs> it makes you want to punch you in the throat <laughs> Until I request another RTS, and then I'm just a nerd again. <laughs> oh, God, you're too perfect. Anyway, it is goodbye from the one, the only, Miles Thompson. Farewell. See you later. It is goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time on the one, the only, Finger Guns podcast. Rah, rah, Finger Guns podcast. That works. That works. That was spectacular. Thank you.